Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Beginners to stage. Beginners to stage. Hello everyone and welcome to this Backstage at Cry Havoc episode. Today we are talking about the music of the show and joining me to let me in on all the musical secrets are Armani Zardo and Sam Jones. Please can you introduce yourselves with your pronouns and let us know your involvement in Cry Havoc and let's go reverse alphabetical order because otherwise Amani you're going to be first every time <laughs> and I don't think that's fair. <laughs> so Sam if you don't mind. Hi everyone I'm Sam Jones he him and I'm resident composer at Rusty Quill and I wrote the music to Cry Havoc. Woo. Hey everyone, this is uh, Amani Zardo, she, her, and I am the director for Cry Havoc. And I don't think I said my name at the top, so just in case you need that, this is Lori, she, her, and I um, I do several things on Cry Havoc actually, including hosting this backstage series. Sam, we've had you on before talking about music in Rusty Quill in general, like in behind the scenes episodes and things. What's different with cry havoc is there a different method going on here for sure i mean aside from from stylistically 
it was clear pretty early on from talking to Amani that she wanted this scored feeling to the soundtrack. And although that, you know, would ideally have been the case for other podcasts that I've been involved with, it's just not been possible from a budgetary point of view, from time point of view. But just talking to Amani, it was important given the subject matter and the setting that it had to have that association that we have with these big epics to really feel musically driven in places and you know all of this and to help with transitions between scenes and stuff like that so so very quickly we came up with the solution to that because it still wasn't easy to plan you know for a complete scoring where you know you you start episode one and you write the whole thing so we we came up with this solution didn't we to essentially do what I've done on other podcasts which is come up with themes uh, you know full suites of about four or five minutes long to represent certain things but then after that process which is the new part that I've not done before is Amani and I would meet up for spotting sessions as you would have in film and tv to decide together where the music should go and what should go where and yeah that, that's that's essentially the biggest change is that I've then been able to take the music I've written and chop it up mix it up change it a bit <laughs> and put it where I want it to have that hands-on approach has been really nice. So how did that journey start for both of you? The decision to work in that way doing the spotting sessions I'm pretty sure that was something you suggested Sam kind of like in our very first chat figuring out how we were going to make this work. I knew it was unlikely that we'd be able to have a solution where I would be able to score from start to finish every single episode you know it's 20 episodes you know we were talking about this for not very long until it was decided it has to feel that way but let's come up with an actual practical solution and this seemed the best way I think. So it's kind of a middle ground is what I'm hearing. Exactly I mean it's it's, it's the kind of process you'd get anyway writing music to film you know you'd start with your themes and then you you're you're kind of just taking away the compositional arrangement process and just having a more hands-on music editing stage I guess is, is the best way of looking at it so creating those initial themes what was that process like like Amani what was your involvement in that and have you done something like this before for any of the films you've worked on oh yeah like scoring is always quite a big deal it's very important to me in my in my films Although I guess what was different with Sam is that we did a lot of this work ahead, like, you know, as I say, like a year ago, which was a new process for me. But in terms of the actual like spotting sessions that we've been doing more recently now on the episodes, that is closer to what I've done in the past, kind of being in the room and yeah, figuring out what sort of thing we need where, where we need a a little extra help or something that's important that needs to be highlighted yeah going back to like you said it was about a year ago that you first started working together mm. what point was cry havoc generally in then were the scripts written were we recording they were written to quite a good extent i think this time last year we were probably around second draft from the writers um, we had a writer's room of eight writers and then david was going off to do the final sort of script editing drafts but he didn't do that until June so yeah we were quite early on at script stage still and Mm. trying to convey to Sam exactly you know where the story 
peaks and troughs were actually happening and indeed what exactly they were going to be was quite hard. So what were you handed, Sam? Or metaphorically handed then? Well, I had a show Bible, which we we have for for everything now. And, you know, that's really useful because in some ways that's more useful to me than scripts are. I think that's a personal thing. I've always been, I probably shouldn't say it. It's not a good promotion for myself. I've never been very good at reading scripts and seeing it or like really hearing it. I mean, obviously I, I get what's going on, but to get an idea of tone, if it's picture, I need to see it. If it's voices, I need to hear the voices and then it all makes sense to me, mm. you know, m- much more readily than reading a script. So the show Bible was good because it gave me an idea of tone, who was who, you know, and Amani was obviously doing that as well. And so, as always with conversations for this, they start with what actually needs music. And, and as Amani said, that was tricky to do without fully everything, you know, completed and fully fleshed out. But, but we knew, like, these characters are going to benefit from uh, an identifier, a musical identifier, and also these themes that we, you know, Amani was really good on what, you know, like, we have a political suite we have a an assassination suite if that's not too too much of a spoiler you know things like this are are really help and I think what was interesting is latterly we decided because in early conversations we decided not to make the music too comedic we knew there was a lot of comedy in the writing but musically it's a sort of an agreed system that you don't put too much comedy in the music it becomes too on the nose if you do that but actually we did decide to do another suite which was a comedy suite just to bring that back a little bit to give us a bit more musical uh, maneuverability but essentially that's what I had is is the bible and I had Amani's guidance and at that point I think that I think that's probably it isn't it Amani? Wow that sounds kind of terrifying to me. (laughs) Well we talked quite a lot about like style as you say yeah we we didn't want to go too comedy on the nose and we talked about obviously these are massive historical figures and you know we took some inspiration from the sort of classic golden era of Hollywood, you know, movies. We knew that we wanted some musical themes to be on that kind of epic scale. But I I think what Sam does just like so amazingly, which I've never experienced this before, is just the level of like the sheer volume of choice. (laughs) Like, who will write one musical suite? But it's not one musical suite. There will be like, I don't know, a thousand alternatives <laughs> that he just kind of magics together of uh, more simplified versions, um, slightly more upbeat, slower paced, you know, I, I can't even... So more like different flavours of different the same... Different flavours of the same thing that just means that when we're doing our spotting sessions, we have so much choice to play around and find the exact right musical flavor (laughs) I think there's two things to add to that I mean firstly we discussed that I'd send you something and you'd be like actually we could do with this extra flavor and so I'd go away and do another little arrangement stick it on the end you know and so a couple of them I think got expanded by a minute or so just to give us that extra musical tool to use this is a process that's been developed now with Rusty Quilt for um, the last few podcasts which is this idea of creating an editor's toolkit which now I get to use, right? But it's, it's all of these suites, you extract literally hundreds of assets from it, whether it be a little musical sting or a music bed. And this goes right back to conversations with Alex 
for you know rustic oil gaming podcasts where you'd be like oh we need you know this so and such for and in you, you basically there's just loads of audio files you can drag and drop them in and try and make them work basically so it's kind of a, a musical library for each show exactly that yeah literally the first time i went in for a spotting session with sam i was amazed he has a basically like i want to call it like a like a search engine for <laughs> to like search through his library of specifically designed composed audio tracks that he then you know will have a chat and be like oh maybe we need something a little bit like you know plinky plinky comedy bed I don't know what <laughs> and he'll be like oh I think I I think I have an idea of what we could use and he will search it and there will be like five options type plinky plinky <laughs> into the search engine L- luckily <laughs> that's built into the software that I use so it may, as long as I have all the audio in there I can find it but what I do also have is a very nerdy spreadsheet where I've listed all of those files Yay. and colour coded them. That's the bit that's, you know. <laughs> we love a colour code. <laughs> Amazing. Love yeah. a colour code. But you have no idea. This is like a spreadsheet, like thousands of lines long. <laughs> Like, I've never seen anything like this. Maybe not thousands, but it is a, I think it's a couple it feels of hundred. Like thousands, it's a couple of hundred. <laughs> so could you please talk me through what a spotting session is and what your spotting sessions look like? Like literally, how does it start? What are you using? What are you working from? So I, I've downloaded the pre-masters that Kathy has very kindly done, sorted out. And so I've got those layers of SFX and stuff. So just in case the pre-master is, let's use episode three, for example, We've edited episode three. It's got the vocal cuts in there, the soundscaping, the sound effects are in there. And Kathy has done what we call a pre-master, which is basically balancing that without the music. And then that gets sent to you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. It's, it's essentially like, a, you know, getting the cut of a film without music on. It's, it's having everything that I need to be aware of or that we need to be aware of that we're listening through and we can get a sense of where music's needed and that's it we, we sit down next to each other don't we and press play yeah is, is the best way to do it <laughs> we listen together yeah you know we'll we'll both just pitch in we'll be like we need something there or I'm getting a yeah. sense of this could be elevated or quite often leads up to scene changes or over a scene change we definitely tend to put something there don't we yeah we go kind of like scene by scene we'll listen together to one scene and you know, kind of get the transition and see if that particular scene needs anything or not. It was interesting, actually, with episode three, which we just spotted this week, was that's the episode where Mark is down in the docks and Cleopatra arrives. And we have this shifting perspective of quite brief scenes from Mark and Antilus on the docks up to Cleopatra and Charmian on the ship. And it's funny because in the script and, you know, in recordings and the way I think of it, it's very much lots of little scenes. But working with Sam through it, he was able to sort of just look at it from a broader perspective and be like, okay, no, so this is actually like one big scene. We need to find what we can do is use the music as a means of suturing it all together which was so helpful <laughs> as a way of thinking of it. That's it. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm the first audience member, right? So exactly. I, I, I kind of give that initial, it's not feedback, but it's that initial reaction. So what can the music do to then improve that listening experience or enhance that experience of, the, of tying that narrative together somehow? Yeah, it's so helpful also, actually, because I've listened to it so much now that actually being in there with Sam, who's listening fresh for the first time, yeah. it's nice to be able to gauge, OK, good, that, that bit is funny, that bit is tense. And then when we chat about it, like, OK, cool, we're on the same wavelength. It's very reassuring. <laughs> 
So do you listen to it all or is it like you, you do a scene at a time and then you start working on the scene? Yeah, that, that's certainly, I, I mean, maybe I've, I've taken charge of that a little bit, but that's the only way I can do it because I need to be able to just focus on something. If we listen to the whole thing, I think struggle to see the wood for the trees a little bit, but it's mm. just to get an idea of specifically like tonal shifts within a scene, like what is needed. And as always with podcasts, because there's no visuals, it's even more obvious music entries and exits are really difficult to deal with and so you need to soften them or you need to extend music quite a lot or just keep it super short even but but just plonking something in is very hard to do so yeah there's a lot of just like the nuances of that a little bit is the thing we talk about quite a lot so what I'm imagining is you've listened to the scene and you've been like oh could we need something here or we need something there and then Sam you go to your big spreadsheet and you're like, right, I will take this thing. I will take something from the pink column and put it in here. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I wish it were that, that streamlined. Unfortunately, I don't want to keep Amani there all day. And the actual process of doing it, I mean, I used the analogy to Amani. <laughs> a lot of it is throwing spaghetti at the screen and seeing what sticks. And, I, you know, that can take quite a lot of time. And so... I'll usually say something reassuring, like, don't worry, I know, I know exactly what we need there, fine, and then go away and sweat it out for a couple of days. Surrounded by spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally so reassuring also, because uh, normally I, I'm quite a controlling person, I would normally be like, let me hear something, but I'm so reassured by Sam every time, I'm like, oh yeah, I know he knows what he's going <laughs> to put there. I, I think there's just, like we said, I think having that bulk of material to, to draw from is reassuring but it is a, quite a lot to trawl through if I'm not entirely 100% and be like oh maybe this works and uh, yeah totally. a couple of scenes in the last episode took me quite a long time to to figure <laughs> out a solution to but yeah it's it's really fun actually doing that to say yeah if I hated the music it would be less fun uh, luckily it's okay I think <laughs> <laughs> I love the music I think it's fantastic mm. bless you <laughs> Thank you. So you will leave the spotting session, Amani, having not really heard much music. Yeah, so basically Samuel has a program, I guess, like a music editing program where he makes notes through the episode and says, okay, we're going to put something here that's going to be a Cleo theme because we're meeting her for the first time, or we need a little comedy lift here, or we're going to add a little tension here. And so there's basically when I leave, we have a sort of roadmap of where the music is going to go, what kind of music we're looking for. And then, yeah, and then Sam goes away, throws the spaghetti around and then sends a cut over that I listen to. Yeah, and then and then we kind of go from there. And so on that cut, then you're listening and you're like, hmm, yes, the spaghetti is delicious. We're like, oh, maybe we could use a bit of, I don't know. Exactly. I'm, I'm pushing this analogy too much. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you give feedback, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I give feedback. So, yeah, I don't know, like to give an example, in the very first episode, the first time we meet Fulvia, we have a little scene between Mark and Fulvia, and we'd said that we needed something. It's quite a schemy scene. And so Sam had made a note that we were going to put something a little bit political, a little bit tense just to make sure the audience pays attention to this moment. And then in the cut that we got, uh, I just felt that it was a touch too ominous. It sort of, it was giving me like Lady Macbeth 
vibes. So that was an example where I went back to Sam and I was like, oh, I really like this. But gosh, now I don't even remember what notes I sent you. But they were very good. Mm. <laughs> it was pretty much that. I mean, that, that was it. It was just letting me know what's working, what needs tweaking, what's not right. And we go from there. But there's always layers of approval in, in these things. It's really important to have a good back and forth about what's working yeah yeah and it's so fun because sometimes sam will send something that's like perfect but might be like like maybe the music is a little too good like it's uh, becoming the star of the show <laughs> and so then we'll have a little chat about like oh <laughs> this is so good but maybe i don't know can we bring it down an octave or can we maybe lose the melodic line and then sam will go away rustle something up that sounds perfect well this is yeah this is why composers don't always edit their own music <laughs> is the, <laughs> you know you've got the complete version which is obviously the one you want to throw at the screen and hope mm. it sticks and bringing the analogy yeah. back in and, um, <laughs> oh, do it. but actually they usually need thinning out because it just gets too you know obviously dialogue is king so you, you want to just thin that out get a feeling mm. of the music without it distracting essentially mm. something that strikes me is that music is very subjective like how have you found communicating what you want I can imagine that could be a muddy process where you're like no I want it to be more like this but I don't really know what needs to happen for that feeling to come out more I mean you, you can answer this better Imani but I know there's been two levels of this Ooh. because of the process we had the initial level where you know I wrote the music a year ago and as I said to everyone I work with I is sort of two terms I like to deal with which is energy and tone and I don't want to hear instruments I don't want to hear any of this stuff I just want that, that's the sort of feedback I want to deal with and then there's this new level, isn't there, where we're spotting and it's like more, more to do with mood and emotion, I guess. Does that, that sound right, Imani? That sounds right, although now I'm thinking I definitely was weighing in on instruments <laughs> at the beginning of the process. Oh, well, you, you sent that video, didn't you? Because we wanted, so on, on top of the sort of, I hesitate to say cliche, because we wanted that element of swords and sandals, yeah. orchestral big music, but we also wanted a, a level of authenticity of like smaller ensembles from maybe you know middle eastern and mediterranean sounding music and that that's where you were really helpful actually you sent me some youtube videos of the kind of sound you're after and so there's definitely lots of that going oh, on good. i'm glad that was helpful <laughs> no no it, re it really was it really was yeah great yeah i've actually forgotten what the question was <laughs> i mean it wasn't formed perfectly it was very much first draft thinking it was kind of how have you found communicating what you want and i kind of folded into that for you amani is do you have a clear idea what you want this to be and then how easy do you find communicating that i i feel like there are multiple aspects to that question I would say one kind of has to do with building the musical world in a sense. And a lot of the work that Sam and I did last year meant that we had kind of built this world. Yeah. And there were, you know, bits where I was like, gosh, but, and, and this is also my inexperience working in audio where I was like, oh, is, is this theme going to be too much? Is this suite going to be super distracting? And not realizing that Sam was going to have all these multiple versions and options for us to find the exact perfect um, thing. So there was an element of, in terms of communication of like, building the world and then me just kind of going okay well I'm just going to park that until we actually have an episode recorded and then we'll all be clearer about what needs to go there because there's only so 
much precision we are able to create or work with before we have a recorded episode, right? And then on the other hand, the fact that Sam was able to build this whole kind of musical world meant that actually I felt quite confident going into the spotting sessions that we would find something that was going to work. And also if uh, if we don't, then I'm hoping that Sam would write something. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is I mean, the joy of having a composer at your, uh, working with you. It's amazing. That hasn't happened yet, has it? But we're quite early on in the music. It's about to. But, ah. but I've, I've, I don't want to call it laziness, but there's definitely been moments where I could have but found a solution, you know, through a bit of jiggery-pokery. But, you know, essentially it's a combination of using stems and various audio processing to make things fit in terms of timing and and tuning and things like that but so far I I think it's been fine but there's definitely going to be moments where it's just not feasible to stick these audio parts together it needs to be a bit more nuanced than that I'm sorry I'm gonna hop in there just to clarify I don't think it's lazy of Sam at all (laughs) to be doing some jiggery pokery like he's created such a massive body of like musical work that I think finding a way to make it work unless it really really doesn't is absolutely the way to be working on this (laughs) actually I'm glad you said that because one the jiggery pokery itself is work I imagine yes well yeah yeah. it's not just like no I'll just throw that in yeah well as I said you know if the spaghetti isn't sticking like <laughs> You've got to cook more spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with some jiggery poker. I don't know what I'm talking about. Now. Yeah, to be honest, so far it's largely been time stretching. I've had a lot of files mm. that have been just a bit too fast and sort of dragging us through the scene a bit too energetically. So I've just tempered that a little bit a few times. That's been the main thing I've had to do, to be honest, and then it's been okay. But yeah, we'll see. I'm anticipating a bit of Mickey Mousing to do. That, that's a musical term for you. Yeah, what what does Mickey Mousing mean? It comes from animation. It's when so much is going on, but in specifically in animation, music hits those beats. It's essentially it's a negative term for writing music where you, you're hitting too many things in a scene and you should be playing the overall thing. But there will be moments where you have to change tone on a dime. And yeah, that's called Mickey Mousing. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I followed that completely, but I'll listen back when I'm editing and maybe I'll get it the second time. I promise you, when you watch an animation film, the music changes a lot. Particularly, you know, think of like maybe Tom and Jerry is a better example. If you think about the music, it's changing constantly. Yes. There's loads of little ideas. And that's because they're hitting very specific points in the action. And, you know, there might be moments where I have to do a bit more of that. But generally, we've played it a little bit more supplementary let's say and not sort of helping to drag you through the scene not like signposting (laughs) well exactly because the performances have been so good it doesn't need tons but then you know there might be moments where it just can be lifted by the (laughs) the music a little bit totally I was going to say that there have been some quite funny Obviously, I know the story like so well now, having been involved right from beginning script stages. But it's funny doing the spotting sessions with Sam. I feel like I'm hearing the scenes kind of fresh some of the time. One of the interesting things has been sort of very funny scenes where David's writing is just like joke, joke, joke. And we're like, which bit do we like highlight? Like, wh- which bit do we do the like bum bum psh for? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and then we have to find a different solution, uh, sort of different kind of musical solution. A swords and sandals version of bum psh. 
Yeah, exactly. I actually really want you to try and fit a brumch in there now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in one of the bars. There could be a, I don't know, yeah. a jazz quartet in the corner. <laughs> You've created so many elements, it sounds like, Sam. Are you worried that you won't use them all? You have to use them. Yeah, I'm worried about <laughs> like, that. Like, that's the other reason that I think the jiggery pokery is, is, you know, is very valid. Because what if you don't use them? Well, the, the reality is I won't. And, and oh. <laughs> I see it more as, you know, I do have these complete suites, which I sort of see as, you know, pieces of music. And that's the, the whole thing. And, you know, that'll get released somewhere in the ether and people can listen to it. And, you know, parts of those will be in their complete form as well and the podcast. But all of the assets, as I call them, they're just all part of that greater whole as far as I'm concerned. They just give inklings of, you know, what that suite represents. It's just a little yeah. taster. And so that's, if, if I use them, great. If I don't, you know, I mean, me and Amani, as we go through this, we're going to have favorites we already do have favorites yeah. <laughs> um, you know that we're going to keep using and there'll be others that aren't so successful and I'm totally fine with that honestly the amount of music that composers write that no one ever hears is used to it by now oh gosh <laughs> oh that's so sad oh well, you know yeah like any any creative thing isn't it there's the stuff that you've got to think of as getting you to where you are and then there's yes the, you yeah. know that's very true you've set my mind at ease now describing it as like you know the big suite is like the whole and then you use parts of it but you had to have created all of it to make that one whole and okay it's okay if not all of it gets used exactly we're actually coming to time is there anything that we haven't hit that you'd like to mention that you feel like needs a mention i'll just say a very small one just a very quick thanks to my performers in the score very lucky to have like I, I mentioned them for trice forgotten as well and i actually had some of the same people and i was raving about oh great about my uh, flautist tony yeah this guy who played on avatar and things like that tell us his full name tony hinnigan fantastic flautist plays on loads of hollywood scores and was very very fortunate to have him for this as well and and also you know other players friends of mine and and new faces as well so thank you to those people. It really, really made a difference. Mm. Thanks, Amani, as well. It's going really well, I think. <laughs> We're having a great time. I'm having yeah. a great time. <laughs> I'm so excited to listen to a final, like a complete episode. I can't wait. I do the vocal cuts, so I'm right at the start. I haven't heard any of the world yet, really. Oh, so that's gosh. exciting for me. You're in for a treat, if I do say so. <laughs> as are all the listeners. Well, they know because they've already listened, we hope, anyway, to at least six episodes. <laughs> On that note, I'll say thank you very much both for joining me and thank you listeners also for listening. I hope you're enjoying this series and I hope you're enjoying Cry Havoc itself as well. For now, I'll say goodbye. And Amani and Sam, would you like to say goodbye too? Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks, Larry. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Bye, guys. Backstage at Cry Havoc is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike 4.0 international license. It is directed by Armani Zardo, produced by Laurie Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner. This episode was edited by Laurie Ann Davis and Catherine Vanella. Thanks for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.